In the spirit of reconciliation, Myloma Australia acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Welcome to My Conversations, Myloma Australia's podcast series. These podcasts are written and produced by our Myloma support nurses for people living with myeloma, their family and friends. We aim to deliver interesting and up-to-date information on myeloma in a portable and convenient way through our podcast shows. Welcome everyone to this episode of My Conversations, a Myeloma Australia podcast. My name is Hayley Beer and I'm Manager of Programs and Services at Myeloma Australia and I'm pleased to be your host today. This episode we're coming to you live from Sydney where we're attending the National Haematology Conference Blood and we have the pleasure of welcoming a nas- inter- two international experts on myeloma in Dr Tom Martin and Professor Simon Harrison. Dr Martin is a leading expert in haematology oncology and Associate Director of the University of Connecticut San Francisco's Myeloma Programme and Director of the Unrelated Donor Transplantation Programs for Australia at UCSF Medical Centre. Dr Martin's also the Clinical Research Director of the Haematologic Malignancies at the UCSF Helen Diller Family Comprehensive Cancer Centre, and his research interests include developing treatments for myeloma and leukaemia, including the use of bone marrow transplants and CAR T-cell therapies. Today's podcast, um, we also have the pleasure of Professor Simon Harrison joining us, who is the uh, director of the Centre of Excellence for Cell Therapies at the Peter McCullum Cancer Centre. He's also the chair of Myeloma Australia's Medical and Scientific Advisory Group and consultant haematologist at the Peter McCullum Cancer Centre. And today, uh, this podcast focuses on the, the patient experience of CAR T-cell treatment, which um, is something that we are excited to uh, be able to have available in Australia. And we are keen to hear from Dr Martin and Simon, Professor Harrison's experience using CAR T-cell therapy so far. So welcome, Simon and Tom. Thanks, Haley. Thanks, Haley. Nice, nice to be here. Thank you. So uh, with improvements to accessibility of CAR T-cell therapy in Australia, we're very excited to speak to you both about your experiences so far with delivering uh, CAR T-cell therapy, um, both in the US and in Australia. So Simon, just to set the scene, can you please give us a, an overview of what is CAR T-cell therapy? Sure. So... CAR-T you need to think about as a living drug and the way in which we make this is we make it for each individual patient. We collect T-cells rather than stem cells but using apheresis in the similar way that we do for transplant. And then we freeze those cells and send them to a manufacturing site and then they're genetically modified by inserting a, a receptor that can recognise molecule on the surface of the myeloma cell in most cases this is bcma um, and then that can turn on the t-cell and tell it what to kill the cells are then uh, expanded up to a certain number frozen again and shipped back to the treatment site and then they're reinfused after some pre-treatment therapy usually fludarabine and cyclophosphamide at a lowish dose Um, and then the cells expand, recognise the myeloma and kill the myeloma cells and then persist for a short period of time. Thanks 
Fabulous. And both of you have had a lot of experience with the cartitude studies, which um, have been investigating CAR T-cell therapy. Tom, we just had a great session from you at the conference about some of the results from the cartitude one trial. Are you able to give us an overview of, of what those results are um, and how promising the, the, the therapy looks for myeloma? Sure, absolutely. The cartitude one study was uh, an initial phase 1b and phase 2 study to assess the, the dose that's the best dose for patients and then to assess the effects after giving that best dose. What are the response rates and what are the side effects? Um, and so in the study, 97 patients were treated with these, these super T-cells, these T-cells that really can fight off multiple myeloma. Um, and when patients receive this, there was a dramatic increase in those numbers of T-cells in the body and then a really um, impressive response rate. 98% of the patients who received these T-cells actually achieved a remission, at least a partial remission or better. Um, and one of the best remissions in multiple myeloma is called a stringent complete remission. In fact, 83% of the patients achieved this stringent complete remission. So these T-cells were very active, and they were very potent at killing off the multiple myeloma. In addition, the, patient that, the patients that were involved in the study were heavily pretreated patients. They had really exhausted all the available therapies for myeloma. They had been um, treated with prior proteasome inhibitors like Velcade or carfilzomib and immunomodulatory drugs like lenalidomide and pomalidomide and also CD38s like daratumumab. They had had all those drugs and unfortunately progressed after them and had not many options. Despite that, they had this really you know good response rate. And in fact, the progression-free survival, mean the time in remission, at 27.7 months, 55% of the patients were still in remission. So the remission duration looks like it's going to be two and a half years or more on average. It's really impressive results for this refractory population of patients. It also was quite safe. We know the toxicities of CAR T-cells. CAR T-cells are your immune system really generating a response against, instead of an infection or something else in your body, but against myeloma. So people have side effects, just like you would have side effects to an infection. They have fevers, they have chills. Sometimes the blood pressure can go up or down. Sometimes there can be a slight need for oxygen. This is all called cytokine release syndrome or CRS. It typically occurs a week after you get this infusion. And we have actually very good tools to mitigate these side effects. We have uh, steroids like dexamethasone that can help. Uh, we often give people a Tylenol or acetaminophen. And we also have another drug called tocilizumab, a drug that really can turn down the immune response and can take away some of these side effects. So it's a very manageable side effect. And in fact, it's, it's one of the main side effects after CAR T-cell therapy. So um, patients were easily treated with CRS. For CRS, they also develop cytopenias, which we can treat with, you know, some patients require transfusion therapy. Some patients uh, get trans, um, transfusions or cytokine-based therapy afterwards. But these are all manageable side effects. So patients have done extremely well after this study. No, it's, it's very exciting um, to hear the results and how that even though there are some challenges, like any therapies, there are side effects, but there are game plans for those. And you've, you know, in some ways, um, you've, in the US, you've experienced these things and we get to benefit from your experience by going straight into the, that game plan. So, Simon, just to put a bit more context around the what 
to expect? So if your um, doctor recommends CAR T-cell therapy for you, what, um, what's the, you know, Tom just mentioned there's possibly some side effects a week later. What, what is the pre-treatment timeframe in hospital and post before you, you know, woe to go in and out of um, hospital? What's the expectation? So the first thing we need to do, as I said earlier, is to collect the T-cells. So that needs to be at least a month to two months prior to delivering the therapy back to the patient. And then after that, you need to keep the disease under under control during that manufacturing period of time using whatever tools are, are available at the time for that specific patient. And then in the lead up to the CAR T-cell infusion, you have to make some room for the, for the cells to go into and therefore you give some lymphodepleting chemotherapy, which is traditionally fludarabine and, and cyclophosphamide, but at modest doses. And so patients then become a little bit uh, cytopenic, have lowish blood counts, but not in the same, to the same magnitude as with a stem cell transplant. And then the cells are infused about three or four days after the after the um, start of the of the lymphodepleting chemo, which usually goes for three days. And then not much happens in the first little while because it takes a while for the T cells to wake up. And depending on how much disease is around, depends on whether what the risk of having the side side effects is. And so in patients with good disease control with low levels of disease going in, you can usually afford to treat them as an outpatient. Um, Whereas if people are going in with uncontrolled or heavy marrow burden of disease or other factors, then they may need to be admitted straight away. And then the cytopenias can last a variable duration sometimes up to a month or beyond and at that point you might be thinking about things in which things you can reverse that by giving stem cells or other uh, uh, or other cytokine based therapies but during the acute phase you need to watch out for the cytokine release syndrome neurotoxicity having a bit being a bit foggy or not being able to write properly for a period of time and those are the patients that um, with the very first fever if you're an outpatient you could become an inpatient and then you watch them very carefully and add cytokine anti-cytokine therapy like tocilizumab or steroids to really damp down those reactions and the small number of patients may need intensive care support over that acute period of time but that's relatively low um, and in our experience in our centre, that's less than 5% of patients need that level of support. So in terms of intensity, it's a bit different to a stem cell transplant where you're getting a huge dose of chemotherapy and then you have to ride out the side effects while you repair the damage. In this, it's a much more targeted approach and the toxicities associated with the therapy are really a sign that it, the T cells are growing in the body and therefore you need to damp down their enthusiasm a little bit. Fabulous. And I think... We've become accustomed now to treatments for myeloma being continuous and patients having to be on some degree of therapy until their next um, relapse and they need a a different therapy. I think one of the more exciting things about CAR T-cell coming through is that it is in some regards a one-and-done type um, approach and patients do get to enjoy some time off treatment. What what can you say about the, um, the experience in the US with that period once the CAR T-cell therapies infused and and people are then able to go back to life yeah so the i would say one of the major advances is that is it is a one and done procedure at the current time that that doesn't mean 
down the road, it's going to stay one and done. For the current time, you get the CAR T-cell therapy, and then there's no maintenance afterwards, and there's no other therapies that are uh, designed to be administered after CAR-T. It is meant to be off of therapy. You get such a deep and durable response that you can maintain uh, being off therapy. There, I've said this a lot, there's no better visit with a patient than when they're 12 months or 18 months or 24 months after CAR-T cell therapy and they're still in remission and they've been off therapy that whole time. Their quality of life is actually quite good. And I've had many patients tell me that their quality of life hasn't been that good since before they were diagnosed with multiple myeloma. And patients have, you know, in general, been used to being on continuous therapy. So some of these patients had previously been on therapy five or six or seven years continuously, and now off for two years or more. So it's really quite, quite nice. Uh, Simon made a very good point that it is very different than an autologous transplant. And I've routinely asked my patients after they finished the therapy, I said, so what was harder, your autologous transplant? Because many of them had an autologous transplant in the past or the CAR T-cell therapy. And uh, honestly, hands down, they say, oh, the, the autologous transplant was way harder than the CAR T-cell therapy. And there's different eligibilities for those therapies. Some patients who may not be eligible for a CAR T-cell therapy due to, to you know, age or other comorbidities may in fact be eligible for a CAR T-cell therapy. So I think it's important that every patient who's had three or four lines of therapy be evaluated by a myeloma specialist in CAR T-cell therapy to see if they're actually a candidate for that therapy. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really inspiring to hear that these people that you've seen that have had so many different lines of treatment before CAR T-cell therapy can still achieve a quality of life comparable to before diagnosis that's phenomenal um yeah it's really exciting um for our patients in australia to look forward to we're going to take a short break now we'll be back shortly myeloma is a team sport and it's easier with a team around you the team consists of you your family and friends carer health professionals and myeloma australia to join my team at Myeloma Australia, subscribe to our database at www.myeloma.org.au or call 1800 693 Welcome back to My Conversations. I'm Hayley Beer and I'm with Professor Tom Martin and Professor Simon Harrison discussing their experiences of CAR T-cell therapy. Um, so... We've heard, um, you know, we, we're very well aware that myeloma is not a curable disease, but with the advent of new therapies like CAR T-cell therapy, we've heard um, the term possible cure starting to be thrown around a little bit more. Can you comment on um, what your thoughts are on the path towards a cure? Are we getting there? What, what, would, you, what would you say to that? I, th I think the big qu question, honestly, is the definition of cure. And we really bounce back and forth of what that true definition is. Um, some of us think at the current time, um, being MRD, minimal residual disease negative for five years, is akin to being cured, that, you know, that they're going to have a very long remission duration. Others say it's you know, passing from something else other than myeloma without evidence of myeloma. And then others say, no, we got to wait 10 years or 15 years to say that it hasn't come back. So it really is dependent on the definition. But I will say that um, I do think that even in the relapse refractory setting right now, 
I have um, a handful of patients that are more than four years out from their CAR T-cell therapy, have not had any other therapy, and we cannot detect any myeloma. I think those patients are going to be quote-unquote cured. I think they're going to make it five or ten years without evidence of relapse. So in the relapse refractory setting, I think there's going to be a small percentage of patients, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 15, uh, hopefully it's a little more, that are in fact cured. But as we bring these therapies into the earlier line setting where patients don't have as refractory or resistant disease, I think our target should be higher. Hopefully we can cure 30% of patients or maybe 50% of patients. And I do think we're, you know, we're going to get to the point where we're not just doing a CAR T-cell, but we're doing a CAR T-cell and then something addition afterwards to try to enhance the ability to cure patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Simon, what are your thoughts on where we're at? Uh, I think the most exciting thing is that if we look at can we change the trajectory of patients with poor risk disease, which is the thing that kind of keeps Tom and I up at night, working out how to stop patients cycling through therapies every six months from diagnosis. If you look at the Cartitude uh, 2 study, they showed that in patients who'd done poorly with their first-line therapy, they gave them CAR T-cell therapy a year after diagnosis because that's when they relapsed. And already the majority of those patients have been in second remission longer than their first remission. And I think that to see that change in destiny, that these are patients who should be doing poorly, who are not, I think is the one of the early signs that this is going to revolutionize the myeloma treatment landscape. And in combination with other technologies that are coming on behind in terms of bispecifics and other ways in which we can use these things together. I think that I agree with Tom, we probably will cure a small fraction of patients in this late line of therapy, but as it comes earlier and earlier, we should be aiming to cure more and working out what are the patterns of relapse and what do we need to do to kind of make these therapies more effective in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, as you know, we're well aware that the, we can't put all our eggs in the CAR T-cell basket. We need to have other things up our sleeve. And there is a lot more happening. Um, you just mentioned bispecific, Simon. Do you want to comment on what else you see as pr- a promising new therapy coming through? Yeah, so I think that if we think about uh, targets rather than therapies, because I think the immune system is a really powerful tool which will base our uh, future therapies on more and more. Um, I think that looking at alternatives to BCMA, and there are a list of them now, so GPRC5D, FCHR5, uh, and then a whole bunch of other old favourites like CD38 um, and um, SLAMF7 are being looked at as in ways in which we can repurpose the immune system to target against one or multiple antigens at the same time. And I think that we need to work out what the best strategies are to combine CAR-based therapy with bispecific antibodies to get the maximum duration of immunological control of the myeloma. And I think that it's not going to be exclusive. One is not better than the other, I don't think. One, one modality will suit patients better than another in certain circumstances. But I think having the ability to put together a, a treatment uh, plan for a patient that will try and get everybody into 
deep responses is the first step along the way to making myeloma a, uh, a disease in which you can have long-lasting remissions from. Mm-hmm. And Tom, what are your thoughts on, on that line of thinking? Yeah, I think that we're in a new era, the era of immunotherapy, which is really great. Um, And we're targeting the cell surface of the myeloma cell and not really paying so much attention to the inside, which a lot of our drugs in the past have really been targeting the inside mechanics of the cell to try to kill it from the inside. We're coming at using the immune system at the outside. And all patients have these targets on their myeloma cells, which is great. Um, the pattern that we use, whether we target, you know, antigen A or antigen B or antigen C and what order that we do it is what we're going to figure out over the next five to 10 years. It's really going to be fun to do this because we think we're going to be able to offer patients much deeper remissions, hopefully some cures and hopefully some time off therapy. But certainly the immune therapy targeting the surface is way better than what we were doing in the past. Mm, Yeah. No, it's exciting and, and it is also making me think about how, particularly in Australia with our um, the reimbursement system that, that we have and um, that we are in some ways restricted in, in when we use therapies but also in other ways we have lots of choice which there's a lot more choice than there used to be which is excellent but it also makes that treatment decision making process confusing. So maybe Simon, do you want to um, maybe give your uh, tips or tricks on what um, the community can do to help make that decision um, of the next treatment you know obviously that happens with their doctor but um, what are some things that they can be doing to help themselves make decisions for their next treatment option treatment in myeloma is a marathon Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that staying as fit and healthy as possible outside of myeloma is one of the real keys to success of further therapy um, and managing side other other problems like infections and bone disease and etc and renal problems to, to be effective so that you remain eligible for effective therapies in the long term. So I think those are the um, one of the key messages is to not ignore the basics. And then I think the other thing is using the effective tools that you have available at the first opportunity. So, for example, Andrew Spencer was talking about daratumumab today in the same session that we spoke about and using it in first relapse. Now, the medical community was a bit up in arms when that decision came down that you can only use it in first relapse. Turns out it was a great decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that not, not holding back and using keeping things obviously for rainy day, so using the most effective tool as early as possible, is the second kind of uh, uh, strategy I would put in place. And then the third thing is don't preempt the decision about what's the best therapy for you as an individual. So it may be you have a choice between CAR T-cell and a bispecific antibody in the future. And one may suit one person and one may suit another person for various different reasons. And so I think don't go in with preset ideas about what's best for you understand what the conversation's about, understand the technology and why it's different and what it means if you get one versus the other. But it may be that your disease is very proliferative. You're not going to stay under control for the manufacturing period and therefore a bispecific antibody is a much better off-the-shelf option with a very high response rate associated with it with a pattern of 
toxicity that's more controllable than a CAR T-cell therapy. So there's complex decisions around what's suitable for each individual patient at each time point. And then I think talking to your doctor and having a good conversation about what are the choices, what do they think is the best option, and then getting onto it as quickly as possible, I think, are the the kind of messages I would say. Mm -hmm. And I would add, actually, for... From being at blood, uh, you know, 2022, here in Australia and also in New Zealand, you have some preeminent myeloma and plasma cell disorder doctors. And so what I often tell patients in the U.S., seek out a, an opinion from one of those preeminent doctors. These, these, these physicians that you have access to know the myeloma space, know the field. Just like Simon just said, ask for their opinion and follow their opinion. They know what's best for you, and together you can decide what's the best course for your next therapy. Um, Most patients can certainly get their best therapy here in Australia or in New Zealand, Um, and, you know, the therapies hopefully will continue to become available as they are approved, you know, in other places in Europe and in the U.S. They come available here. Fabulous. And I'd just like to also remind everybody that Myeloma Australia has a telephone support line, which is 1800 Myeloma, which is available Monday to Friday. And it is manned by um, senior myeloma nurses who understand a lot about the the treatment um, pathway. And while we don't give you advice on which treatment to have, we can help you work through some of those treatment decisions and help you formulate some questions to go back to your doctor with. So I'd like to to thank you both for your time. It's been a wonderful um, conversation. Um, and, you know, thank you for giving us this time. I know you're very busy, um, both of you, in your uh, clinical and you're you know, travelling back to the US very soon, but we've, the Myeloma Australia community are very appreciative of your expertise today. And I'd also like to give a big um, thank you to Laura uh, Jones and Megan McDowell, who are part of our Myeloma Australia team, who have written the questions for today's podcast. And a big thank you to Darren and CVP for flying all the way to Sydney to record this show with us. Uh, If there's a topic that you'd like to discuss, um, please email us at nurses at myeloma.org.au and we'll see you next time on My Conversations. Thanks for listening to this episode of My Conversations. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or topic ideas to our email address nurses at myeloma.org.au. Whilst the advice and opinions of our guests is welcomed, this podcast provides general information and is not intended to replace medical care or the advice of your treating team. Please talk to your doctor if you have any questions about your diagnosis or treatment. Your doctor can answer your questions, talk with you about your treatment goals and provide you with extra support.